Good morning. Gee, I don't know about you, I want to get up and dance. Nice. No, I tried to find a joke about taxes, but I couldn't. Go figure, right? And I know one of the things that I truly look forward to in my life is when I get my pay stub and I see how much taxes are sent to the government. It just makes me happy and joyous, and I just want to jump up and down with joy. Don't you? When you get that, when at least, you know, quite right around 50% of your, your check goes to Uncle Sam or Uncle Ohio or, or whatever, you know, the, the situation may be. But I think we have to understand what Jesus is talking about here. And in understanding what Jesus is talking about in this gospel, I think we really need to initiate and start out with that first reading we heard from Isaiah. We hear in Isaiah, and it's very profoundly stated, I am God. There is no other God but me. I am the one who gives you strength. That's how you won the battle. I armored you. Even though you may not know me well, I am God. It's a very profound, very strong statement. It's not a little bit of a wishy-washy statement. It's truly very sound. So then now we see go to the gospel a little bit. Here we see Jesus. We see, and there's two factions at that time in ancient Israel. Uh, and of course, as you know, Israel was under the control of Rome. There were, what was sent to Jesus were representatives from the Pharisees or the religious leaders and they really were offended at having to spend to pay taxes to Rome. After all, the coin, when Jesus asked them to show it to him, had the, head of, had the image of Caesar on it, and the coin also declared Caesar as a god. So the Jewish people took that with great offense. Then there was another faction that was there also, and you heard it in the gospel, and they were called the Herodians. Now, these were those that were close to King Herod. If you remember history a little bit, King Herod was basically the puppet king of Rome. But he enjoyed all the trappings and everything of being the king because Rome loved him. He loved Rome and respected Rome more than anything else. And the Herodians also did not have a problem paying taxes to Rome because they knew they were going to be part of this glorious Roman situation. So have both of these groups come to Jesus and just put Jesus in the middle, say, okay, Jesus, you're a truthful man. We know that. Well, if you knew that, why did you ask? But anyway, what, what, what do you think about this? And Jesus says, well, you hypocrites. What do you have in your pocket? You're complaining about this, but you have in your pocket an Im a graven image of Caesar and him being declared as a god. Well, what, what, where's your hypocrisy in this too? So Jesus says, show me the coin. Whose image is it? Caesar. Well, then give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, but make sure you give to God what belongs to God. So God, Jesus did not become political here. So our Rome is Washington, D.C., Right? 
That's where most of our money goes. It may go to Columbus, city, whatever. But most of it goes to Washington, D.C. Primarily, Congress is the one that dispenses and organizes all the economics. Congress is also the one that produces laws. Now, I'm not going to get political here. I'm not talking Republican. I'm not talking Democrat. I'm not talking Independent. But we send our taxes to our capital to be used well and appropriately, right? Does that happen all the time? No. Do they pass laws that are always morally correct and ethical? No. Just think about abortion. Think about some of the states that are putting together rights for end-of-life euthanasia or assisted suicide. It's okay in many states now to, to utilize drugs, and particularly marijuana. Marijuana does cause problems. There's medical background to that. How about the money and everything that's sent to Washington? We still have people sitting on the street starving. How about going off to war that maybe we shouldn't be in? So where do we come into play with what we owe God at this point? God has given us this amazing gift of faith, meaning our relationship with God, our potential to understand God better and better, our potential to relate to God more and more, and to let God affect us more and more in our lives. So then, what do we give back to God then? Then what we have to do is we have to give back to God what that faith impels us to do. Because you see, you and I, in our faith, in our relationship with God, you and I are the hope for the country, for the world, because you and I have been faithed and gifted by God. That means you and I have to speak up in our faith. And our faith isn't something that we turn off and on like a light switch. The light switch of our faith should be turned on on all the time so that our faith affects us, and again, that's relationship with God, that our faith affects everything that we do, how we act, how we think, how we make decisions, how we work, how we love, how we share. That's what we pay back to God when we share that. Now, I don't know if you realize this or not, and, and I'm giving you some of my own idea here, is that I'm almost 67 years old. And I have seen such drastic changes in the reality of the American society in the last 15 to 20 years in particular. Try to talk about God in this society 
and somebody will come down on you. You can't do that. It's against the law. No, it's not. It's not against the law. Well, we have the right not to hear it. You may have the right not to hear it, but I have just as much right to say it. There's a belief in this country that we have the rights and the freedoms to do just about anything that we want to do. And there isn't. The freedom to do the good is to do what is good, proper, and just, morally correct, Judeo-Christian oriented. Our society, more recently, has gone from Judeo-Christian values to becoming a society of agnostics. A society that says maybe God exists or doesn't, and I don't care. I don't know if he is or not, it's, it's not important. That's where we're heading and that's where we're going to. You can't even talk about Christ at Christmas. Go to Easter, can't even talk about the resurrection. Try to start a prayer in, in, in a group. That's again, oh no, you can't do that. Don't talk to me about God, I don't want to hear about God. I, I have the right not to hear that. You may have the right not to hear it, but by golly, just like I said, we've got the right to stand up and declare it. As much as any of these organizations that represent us and our government tell us that they don't want to hear about God, we have the faith to declare it. We've got as much right to say it as they have not to want to hear it. But you know what? It needs to be said. Look on television. Tell me a show on television, and it's very difficult to find, that shows good family values, that does not show violence, that does not show murder, that does not show revenge. Same thing if you go to the theater. And we look at that, and we declare that as entertainment. What's wrong with us? We are the hope. There is hope to change this. The hope, you, me, all of us, to declare and give to God the works of the faith that God has given to us. And like I said in that first reading, it's declared emphatically, I am God. I am sovereign. The president is not sovereign. The Congress is not sovereign. The judicial branch is not sovereign. The state government is not sovereign. The city government is not sovereign. They all must bow to the sovereignty of Almighty God. And we need to get back to it. You and I, are the hope. You and I pay taxes. We need to say what those taxes are used for and how well they are used. There's a wonderful, wonderful statement from St. Catherine of Sieta. I use it frequently. The statement from St. Catherine says, speak the truth in a million voices it is silence that kills the world.
you and I have something to proclaim, to declare, to stand up for, to not be silent. You and I need to be heard. So we give back to God the gift that God has given us to grow in love, faith, and relationship with God, and to share that with those who don't know it or don't want to know it or don't want to hear it. You and I are the voice of hope. Amen.